0: I'm Dan. And I'm Alex. And welcome back to On Air for an emergency episode. We are coming back with our regularly scheduled programming on Wednesday. But after two incidents in the first week of 2024, we couldn't wait.
1: Yeah, we have to jump in. We have all seen, of course, what happened in Japan involving the Japan Airlines A350 and the dramatic fiery collision with... A Japanese Coast Guard aircraft that was actually on its way to deliver aid and help to areas affected by the earthquake and personally I have covered that in depth on broadcast all of that is available to view via Twitter now known as X at Alex in air but we wanted to jump in with this emergency episode to discuss what has happened over the last few hours in the US with an Alaska Airlines Boeing 737 MAX. Before we go into what happened, Dan, when did you hear about it? And what did you first see?
0: For some reason, I didn't hear about it until I think like six or seven hours after the incident. It may be because of the time zone I'm in, but I saw it on X, formerly known as Twitter. And it's weird that the story seemed to break via Reddit. Like those are the very first screenshots, people sharing what happened, which is funny. Like we always joke about Reddit, but that's where the news of a huge incident happened. And I immediately texted you saying as if we needed any more reasons to think the 737 Max is a questionable plane.
1: I know. And we've spoken in depth, haven't we, about the 737 Max. We've done the scenarios where you have highlighted that You know, I'm not particularly a fan of the aircraft, not least because I spent so long covering it in depth, talking about it day in, day out. It's troubled history on the news that I've just felt there was so much that I'm just often a little bit uncomfortable about this aircraft, despite the fact that I have full faith in regulators. And if the regulators and airlines say it's safe, then it means that it's safe because we are blessed with the safest aviation sector as a form of transport in the world. Let's fast forward then to what actually happened. So you're right. I, like yourself, had seen it around an hour and a half after what had happened. I opened my phone to many, many notifications. I was actually woken up to it again because of the time zones, realizing that something had happened involving a 737. And then, of course, my first thought is this is going to be a Max, isn't it? And it was. It's a Boeing 737 Max 9. Of which Alaska Airlines have 65 of so in case you haven't seen what happened in a nutshell Alaska Airlines Boeing 737 MAX 9 departs Portland on what should be a routine flight and after a few minutes of being airborne it's climbing to 16,000 feet part of initially what looks like the fuselage so the aircraft body an entire cabin sidewall panel is ripped off. It is torn off. It suffers, ultimately, a blowout and breaks away from the aircraft, exposing the cabin with the outside world at 16,000 feet. All of that being part of a wider rapid decompression that investigators are now trying to figure out. How did a 737 MAX suffer such a huge rupture? And again, this was first brought to the internet's attention initially as you said via a post on reddit where of course i mean you saw that first image what did you think
0: i i was so confused because at first i was like because it it looks like it's a cutout but at first they just say it's a part of the fuselage so as you said it's like how does (laughs) how does a part just dislodge with nothing hitting it but then once you dig deeper and you realize what part actually disconnected, it makes a lot more sense in one way. And you'll tell us about what that part was. On the other hand, thinking that this aircraft that it happened to, it's is it two months old?
1: Yeah, it's just over two months old. It was delivered to Alaska from Boeing literally just under three months ago.
0: That's what's insane because to me, I'm like, when a product is new, it's in the best shape it's going to be in. So to think that, oh, right, it's just product, completed
1: all those checks. Yeah, yeah,
0: literally should be factory fresh. And then, well, you'll tell us what the part is. Or we're just delaying it. But it's bizarre that a, an actual, a part that's supposed to be sort of disconnected of the fuselage manages to just completely fly out in flight.
1: Yeah, so, okay, to, to understand what has happened here, uh, when I first saw that image, the first thought I had was, That's the emergency exit. That is the emergency exit located behind the wing. It's the mid-rear exit. But I was confused because I thought to myself, but Alaska Airlines don't have that exit activated. So if you look at the 737 MAX, there are a set of exits on either side located behind the wings. These are the mid-rear exits And these exits are only activated and work as actual exits and exposed on the inside and outside, so it looks like a door on both sides, on aircraft that have a high density cabin. So as part of the certification process, if I'm an airline customer like Ryanair, for example, and I want to uh, cram in as many seats as I can in order to offer low fares and so on and so on, then I am going to need to comply with certification and regulation requirements for an evacuation, by having an additional set of emergency exit doors to go with the ratio of passengers. And so these mid-rear exit doors were introduced on the MAX, located behind the wing, and they are only in use and as doors on aircraft with a high-density cabin, a cabin with more seats than the typical configuration. Now, Alaska Airlines, as you know Dan, doesn't have a high-density cabin, it is not Ryanair, it is not a low-cost carrier trying to cram in as many seats as possible, and so that door is deactivated. What does that mean? It means that from the outside, if I'm looking at the aircraft, I can see the outline of a door, but on the inside, if I'm sitting in the aircraft, There is just a cabin sidewall panel without a window. I cannot see that there is any evidence of there being a door. Now, I know they're there. You know they're there. People in aviation know that on the other side, it looks like a door. But for the average passenger, it's just a cabin sidewall panel. And that's exactly what it is. The door is not meant to be even remotely part of the cabin on aircraft where it's not activated. And so that's why I just found it shocking. When I was looking at this footage and seeing, hold on, that's a door that's not even activated that has blown away from the rest of the aircraft, cutting through and exposing the whole cabin of people with the outside world at 16,000 feet. It's, it's scary. The thing is,
0: we, we should clarify here that there's two main types of 737 MAX that are certified, the MAX 8 and the MAX 9 so the normal max eight operated this is by far the most common form of 737 max does not have this door slash space for a door but the Ryanair version or the aircraft that several other low-cost airlines are ordering the max 8200 has it so it's weird because on the max eight the normal model there's nothing there's just windows from the outside and from the inside normal fuselage But on the special version of the Max 8, they have that door in the back. On the Max 9, for some reason, the version operated by both low-cost airlines and normal airlines still have that outline of a door. So Boeing, for whatever reason, has opted not to just make a normal continuous fuselage on the back. And now after all these years, we're starting to think, after this incident is ev- or at least my mind goes to is every single change they made to the 737 a really bad one
1: for safety. Well, it's it's insane, isn't it? Because as you say, okay, you asked why have they changed it? Why why have they kept it so that there is still a door even though there's aircraft that don't need that exit door and and there are for the aircraft that do. It's a kind of standardization thing that air, that that uh that Boeing are doing for the 737 Max-9 which is that they build them in a way, and they assemble these aircraft in a way that if the customer airline needs to use the door, then it's the door from the inside and the outside, and hey, presto, it's done. If the customer airline doesn't need to use that door because they have uh, fewer seats on board than a high-density aircraft, then they just continue the cabin wall panels with the windows, that's the, you know, the side wall panels on the left and right of the structure of the aircraft when you're sitting in it in the cabin, they continue that from nose to tail on either side, so that passengers in the cabin have no idea that actually behind that sidewall panel, you've actually got a door, but it's deactivated, and it's just kind of forming part of the fuselage. Nothing to be concerned about, right? Well, uh, until now, until one is torn away from the aircraft, exposes the cabin, I mean, I've seen the videos. The passengers look remarkably calm because uh, there are two things that, that struck me. Firstly, everyone looked calm. Secondly, what a miracle that nobody was sat in that window seat next to the panel that blew away and exposed the cabin. Because what passengers will have experienced is not just a crazy loud bang and something dramatic, but the the vacuum that is caused as a result of of the depressurization. I mean, quite literally, the outside world will have been trying to suck out anything that is loose from the aircraft cabin, including, God forbid, a passenger sat there uh, with their seatbelts even loosely fastened.
0: The worst thing I heard was sucked out was a few cell phones, which must be kind of crazy. You're sitting there, like, looking at your photos or whatever, and all of a sudden there's just a loud bang and your cell phone goes flying, through the cabin. If I was on a 737 Max and that happened, I would not be calm. It's amazing everyone else was calm, but thinking about, yeah. you know, any plane, any plane type, it would be horrible if that happened, but specifically on the 737 Max given the history of the aircraft and given that there have been two huge incidents where everyone on board died, seeing something that dramatic happen, it's unfathomable and I feel like it's grounds enough for the passengers who are on that flight have a case against Boeing just because of the the reaction to being on an aircraft yeah. like that and then this happens.
1: Yeah, and I've, you know that's something that we might see. I, I mean, since this happened, I have been back-to-back broadcasting across BBC News, Al Jazeera, CNBC, and other networks. And I've just finished, as you know, the, the last broadcast now to, to jump onto the podcast with you. And what's interesting is that all of the anchors, all of the news presenters, are asking me about what this means for Boeing's reputation because they know that Boeing's reputation suffered immense damage following the troubled 737 MAX saga that went on for over two years following those dreadful tragedies with the crashes, then the investigations that were very damning, showing that Boeing failed in production here, Boeing failed in production there, showing there was a lack of oversight from the FAA, that's the regulator in the US, that the regulator wasn't being tight enough, that it was giving Boeing all kinds of free passes and exemptions and so on and so on. What does this mean now? This is an aircraft that is recertified to fly everywhere. And already I am hearing whispers from civil aviation authorities that are located outside of the US saying, we are waiting on data from Boeing and from the National Transport Safety Bureau to find out what happens so that we can make our own judgments. because the industry doesn't like it when anything happens in air travel related to safety, of course, because it's so tightly regulated. But what the industry definitely doesn't like Is anything related to the 737 MAX because it's categorically an aircraft with an incredibly troubled recent history?
0: If I worked at Boeing, I would be nervous, but I just feel like it doesn't matter what happens with the 737 MAX because we have been told over and over again this is now the safest aircraft in the skies. Nothing has been as scrutinized, nothing has been as investigated and Every single kink should be sorted out. So then for a brand new aircraft to have this happen, presumably Alaska Airlines has not performed much, if any, maintenance on the aircraft since it was delivered fresh from Boeing, where they did test flights, where they did everything to make sure the aircraft is safe to deliver to their customer. And then this happens where, thank goodness, no one was even injured, but it's just the conditions were ideal for nothing to happen but if that had happened at a higher altitude or in different conditions who knows what would have happened or if someone was seated in that window seat you know we cannot have more casualties due to a fault in the 737 max it's one thing when tragically something happens due to pilot error which we see now and then with different aircraft types but for something to be because of a flaw in the actual aircraft itself, a third time is insane.
1: Yeah, no, you're you're completely right. And, um, you know, so I am I, I was preparing for, for bed last night and I was just quickly catching up on a few headlines on my iPad. And I saved an article to read properly in the morning about Boeing's request to the Federal Aviation Administration for an exemption in something related to the smaller version of the MAX, the 737 MAX 7. And I'll read what it said. This is a, a a new development that came 15 hours ago, and I should state this is unrelated to what happened with Alaska. But it shows that the 737 MAX is rarely out of the news because Boeing over Christmas and New Year have asked the FAA, the regulator, to exempt its new model of the MAX, the smaller model, the Dash 7, From a safety standard that is designed to prevent part of the engine housing from overheating and breaking off during the flight. Boeing want an exemption because they feel that without a fix ready, this aircraft is not going to be certified for several years. And so it needs the exemption in order to begin delivering the new smaller MAX to airlines. Um, And and it's reassuring the FAA, Boeing, that they will develop a long-term solution for the 77 uh, MAX-7 to ensure that, you know, eventually that issue will have been resolved. Well, I read this and I remember thinking just 15 hours ago, OK, we're seeing again, you know, oh, we encountered another small hiccup with the max Let us ask for an exemption from the FAA, who we know have been proven to have failed in their oversight responsibility as a regulator when it comes to the Max. So I save the article, I go to bed, and then, of course, I I wake up halfway through the night interrupted uh, with notifications as to what had happened. Again, the 77 Max in the news. This time, it wasn't that oh, the engine uh, casing had uh, had had torn away, as per that memo that its Boeing is asking for an exemption about, but instead, it's a whole part of the aircraft, a, a part of the fuselage, meaning that those poor passengers were in some kind of tornado-style hurricane whirlwind of the depressurization. While, uh, while they're expecting to have just a, a normal routine flight in early January. And the fact that this
0: follows just last month in December, Boeing telling all airlines, all 737 MAX operators, to check for a loose bolt in the ru- in the rudder system at the back of the aircraft that basically controls a lot of how the aircraft flies. So they found that. They reported it to the airlines, luckily. But... It just feels like there's incident after incident, small things. And this doesn't even consider the 787, which is also just a hot mess. Every time an airline takes delivery of a 787, which thankfully nothing has happened, but still, and especially when something like this happens with Alaska Airlines, it's just like, mm, you know, there's something with the quality of what Boeing is building nowadays that just doesn't feel right. I don't know what they're getting wrong or what's wrong in the safety culture, but it's really uncomfortable. And then to think they're trying to speed up the 737 MAX 7 certification, they're trying to get the 737 MAX 10 certified this year, which is going to be a very, very popular aircraft, has many orders from huge airlines all over the world. But that aircraft, of course, is also in a size that we haven't seen on the 737 ever before which again makes me wonder okay so what further changes have they made to how the aircraft operates to account for that and to the fuselage and what do we know about the quality of those changes because until yesterday i was fine flying a 737 max nowadays i flew it i've flown it you know i would say three four times in the past two months but again today i'm like okay, maybe I'll go back to avoiding it whenever I can.
1: It's weird, isn't it? And I want to end on picking you up on what you just said about what this says about the safety culture, because it was just two years ago that a very in-depth investigation that was ordered by the House Transportation Committee in the U.S. had found that Boeing had, quote, a culture of concealment, cost-cutting and grossly inefficient oversight with the FAA that all led to the fatal crashes of the 737 MAX aircraft that claimed over 340 lives. It says that the aircraft itself and the MAX designed was burdened by technical design failures, a lack of transparency with regulators and also with their airline customers. And it concluded that Boeing, quote, jeopardized the safety of the flying public in its attempts to get the MAX approved by regulators. This is something that is just 24 months old in terms of its findings. And here we are again at the beginning of a new year with more 737 MAX issues.
0: Well, on that note, let's hope that we don't have any more incidents this year. Let's hope, you know, we got two things out of the way in the beginning of 2024, and now it's smooth sailing from here on out. I think we're all very curious to see what happens with the 737 MAX next in terms of groundings or inspections. Of course, we hope that this doesn't have any huge implications and that it was a one-off so that airlines and customers are not too heavily impacted. But safety always comes first. So uh, we will see you on Wednesday for a normal on-air episode. It almost feels like cheating, just jumping on and (laughs) publishing an episode today. But this really kind of it wait.
1: does it does but we we had to didn't we we had to we had to quickly get this brief discussion in set the foundations and of course we'll have more time to go through on the next scheduled episode which will be in your feeds on wednesday and of course by then we'll know if there have been any developments as dan said with the global reaction to what happened with this 737 max so we shall speak to you slash see you <laughs> on Wednesday. See you then
0: on air. Bye bye.
1: See you later. Bye bye.